Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're talking about Blood. This is the third episode of the second season of the X-Files. Original air date was September 30th, 1994. The IMDb user rating is 7.6 out of 10. And this week, the episode takes place primarily in Pennsylvania. On the credits side, we've got Glenn Morgan and James Wong doing the script this week. Glenn Morgan's brother Darren Morgan, who played the fluke man in the previous week, helped with a lot of the plotting and outlining and ended up earning a story credit for it. Now, a lot of this was based on Glenn Morgan's own hematophobia, so co-writer Glenn Morgan is actually afraid of blood, and that's a characteristic that was brought through into William Sanderson's character. It's being directed again by David Nutter, who we've talked about several times in the past, who last directed the season premiere two weeks ago. Now, William Sanderson as Edward Funch, is probably best known to a lot of viewers as Larry, brother of Daryl and Daryl, on Newhart. And he actually does an excellent job here. You thoroughly believe that he has gone over the bend and is fairly psycho. Now, in terms of the other guest cast, we've got a mix of recognizable stars, depending on your viewing pleasures, as well as some before-there-were-stars kind of stars. So John Kygan played Sheriff Spencer, And if you look him up on the IMDb, he's done a lot of voice work. So you may not recognize him by his face, but he has done voices in a lot of Pixar movies and a lot of top-rated games. So odds are pretty good, especially with the Pixar end. You know some of his work, even if you don't know him to look at him. Shortly before this episode was made, NYPD Blue had gotten a lot of press for hiring a retired porn star as a guest star in one of their episodes. And Fox worked with 1013 to try and replicate some of that press. So instead of hiring a retired porn star, the X-Files hired active porn star Ashlyn Gear to play Bonnie McRoberts in hopes of similar press coverage to boost their ratings. It's not a large role, but it's not hard to figure out who she is. Now, in terms of the story itself, uh, it's a monster of a week that seems to be a random government conspiracy. At least we're assuming it's the government. There's a certain pesticide being sprayed on a town, LSDM, which is known to produce a phobic flight-or-fright response, and it is the flight response that it's provoking. It is generating fear, especially in those with phobias. So people with claustrophobia are freaking out and murdering others in elevators. Ashlyn Gear's character was phobic about being raped, and she attacks someone to avoid that. There are another number of similar incidents in there where people with phobias are being tipped over the edge after exposure to this pesticide. Partly because somebody is sending messages to LED or other electronic screens, giving them explicit directions about what to do. And that is the part of the episode that I really struggle with. If you just had people being tipped over the edge, I could buy a lot of it. I have a difficult time with people getting instructions by messages sent to digital displays that have a limited character set, which somehow exceed that limited ability, and display characters that they should not be able to display, especially since a lot of these devices are not the kinds of devices that are designed to receive signals at all. When we're talking about pagers or cell phones, there it's easier to believe. When we're talking about things like digital watches or microwave oven displays, that's a lot more difficult for me to buy. Even if you have this plan, even if you have been spraying these pesticides, you need a way for these devices to receive the signal. So unless you're going through and tampering with it, there's no receiving circuit and you can't get it out there. Now, the lone gunmen do make a return this week, and Scully doesn't appear at this time. Frohecki specifically asks where she is, 
calling her tasty in the process. Mulder says that she didn't want to come out of fear for her love for Frohiki, and that Frohiki gives perversion a bad name. Although Frohiki does agree to give Mulder his night vision goggles, but he says he would only do it if Mulder gives Frohiki Sculler's phone number. And in the next scene, we see Mulder with the night vision goggles, so apparently Frohiki does have the phone number. It is still very Mulder-centric. Now, some of this is the setup. Scully is still officially assigned to Quantico. Mulder is still being bounced from assignment to assignment, so it's harder to bring her in. But even when she is here, she is shot from the shoulders up when she's walking or when she's standing. She's very frequently shot from behind tables or other obstacles. You can see the signs that Gillian Anderson at the time was very, very pregnant, and they were trying to downplay that and trying to hide that from the viewers. So it is there if you know what you're looking for. In another nice turn, this episode takes place in a relatively small town. These 22 or 23 killings they have by the end per capita is huge, and they are not equipped to deal with it. So we do get some nice moments here where, for once, the local police department is very happy to accept the help of the FBI, and they are willing to give whatever resources they have, although they're pretty limited. So all in all, it's a decent episode. I just find that that Lack of receiving technology and a lot of devices that are doing the receiving, for me, is enough to spoil it. I don't mind the supernatural. I don't mind that. When they have a science fiction story and are treating it as though it is grounded in science and they have science that bad, that just throws me out of it. You know, it's one thing if you're saying, okay, well, wolves are real, but you're not treating it as science fiction. You're treating it as fantasy. That I don't have a problem with. If you're treating it like science fiction with really bad science, then I struggle. So that's it for this week. Next time, two weeks from now, we're going to be watching Sleepless and discussing that, which turns out to be a much bigger piece of the puzzle than one would think at first glance. So please join us back here in two weeks for Sleepless. Thank you. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.